2: Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of News You Can Use here on WTIC News Talk 1080. I'm Ann Baldwin, and I'm so happy to be joined once again by Catherine Schubert. She's the Marketing and Communications Manager at the Connecticut Humane Society. Thanks for being here again, Catherine. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, thanks for having us. So, we've
2: been seeing you on TV, all the Pet of the Week segments that you do. So, let's kind of check in and see how things are going at Connecticut Humane Society. Sure
0: thing. Things are so good right now. There are so many pets, and um, so many pets going home too. in homes and that's really what we love to see this time of year is pets getting what they need and and getting our care so it's great
2: that's you guys are doing a great job and you always have you know you've got fairly new leadership over there so um, you know I just you're everywhere and that's what you need right you need to be out there you need to let people know what you do Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about because it's part of your you know donations and your giving campaign is the story of Rufus So let's start with that. Let's tell the story of Rufus.
0: Sure thing. So Rufus is an adorable, adorable dog. He is kind of the face of our holiday uh, story. And the reason why is because Rufus was with us for almost nine months. He had been here um, at CHS getting care with all of the different programs that we have from foster trips all the way to orthopedic surgery with one of our external partner vets. He is an extremely you know, awesome dog that went through so much and has that really happy story. At the end, he was adopted. He's living with a family that has five children who constantly play with him. He has another dog sibling at home, too. And it's just so awesome because we get to see that full story. He went full circle with us. He came in as a puppy. He grew up with us. He got training with our behavior team and obviously a lot of veterinary care and now we get to just kind of chat with his owner who's become a donor to the Connecticut Humane Society and um it's it's such a wonderful story he's an adorable black and white little pit bull i'm sure you've seen photos yes i around. have yeah. yes if you you got to go to
2: cthumane.org and check out rufus and read his story because he really is amazing and you know you get so much out of it don't you when you work there that you see these pets and you nine months that's a long time you know i gotta say there's other places that probably would have given up on rufus but that's not the connecticut humane society
0: no whatever care the pets need we really make sure they get it. Obviously, orthopedic surgery is not something that every pet needs, but when they need it, we make sure that they get that care. He had deformed front legs when he came in, so they were a little misshapen, and that was probably going to lead to some issues down the road for him, and that's why we decided to go ahead and work with one of our external partner vets because um, we needed to make sure that he was going to live a long, happy, healthy life.
2: So let's talk about too about the winter time. You know, this is a, it's almost here, and it's it can be a tough time for people with pets. You know, things are tight. You know, people's budgets are tight, and a pet. I don't know if everybody understands it. Uh, it's a big expenditure. I mean, yeah. especially when it comes to the health care and the regular vaccinations and the food. So talk a little bit about the Connecticut Humane Society's pet pantry that you have.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we have pet food pantries in all three of our locations, Newington, Waterford, and Westport. And that pet food pantry is designed so that anybody who can't afford to give their pets pet food can come to the Connecticut Humane Society and get that regular care for a three-month stretch of time to make sure that that person can get back on their feet and that that their pet can stay in the home with them. So um, that's one of the programs that we have at the Connecticut Humane Society to help keep pets in homes. But we also have a lot of other programs like our Fox Memorial Clinic, which is a public veterinary clinic uh, designed to be lower cost for people as well. Like you said, the cost of having a pet at home is, is very high. So it's hard for people to keep up that costs, especially this time of year when things are getting tighter, and um, so keeping pets in homes is a really important. Mission is really us. one of the goals of the Connecticut
2: Humane Society. Yeah. So where do the where does the food in the pantries come from?
0: Yeah, so that comes from donations from the public. Um, we have three different you know wish lists for the pets. So and it's all online. It is all online, mm-hmm. so that can be found at cthumane.org/feedpets and anybody who's interested in making a donation can make a monetary donation so that we can continue to buy the food that the pets need or can make a donation of the actual pet food by buying the food that's listed on our website.
2: So there are certain foods. We want to be clear about that. So it's like if you have an unopened, if you have an opened half bag of dog food, you're not really interested, right? Unfortunately, unfortunately, you you can't take that. But there are things you can take and that's why you list it out. Um, And it's, it's dogs, it's cats, It's rabbits, what else we got?
0: Yeah, so our pet food pantries cover dogs and cats that are in the homes, but we do have all sorts of pets at the Connecticut Humane Society. We have dogs, cats, hamsters, guinea pigs, rabbits. We get birds sometimes too, so all those pets need care. All those pets need special food and special, um, you know, specific requirements for them, so.
2: Where do most of your animals come from at your different locations? Are they from other states that might have suffered disasters? people who surrender their pets, pets that are on the street. I mean, is there, can you explain that a little bit? Sure
0: thing, yeah. Our pets come from a little bit of, all of the above. You know, um, We have people coming in that who are local who need to surrender their pet because they don't have any other options. We also work with um, other shelters throughout the state. So if they need assistance in taking pets in, we can help out with that. And we also work with animal control partners too. So whenever there are strays found who need a little bit of extra assistance, whether that's behavior or medical, um, or just some training to get on the right foot with the right family, um, we take those pets in too.
2: All right. If you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Katherine Schubert, who's the marketing and communications manager at Connecticut Humane Society. And she does a fantastic job. <laughs> you know, people think you just pick up a dog or a cat or a bird or a guinea pig and you know you go to the television station and you sit there and you talk about what you have in your lap right it's not that easy what what does a day in the life of pet of the week look like for you
0: yeah absolutely so we have so many i mean it's so much fun first of all right right but we have so many pets that we just need to spread the message about because they have specific requirements for whatever home they go to For me, it involves kind of checking with our team, seeing who's going to be a good candidate for going on TV. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we do live segments, and that can be a little difficult (laughs) if we have a weekly pet. Um, So just making sure that the pet's going to be happy and comfortable. Sitting in my lap for that recording is important. And then when it's time, I pick them up, I put them in my car, and I drive them over to whatever uh, news station. And it's a fun little outing for them. They get to meet a lot of new people. Oh, (laughs) you know, I
2: know the newsrooms. I've been over there when you've done those segments, and boy, you Talk about everybody wants to get a hold of that (laughs) animal. Has there any been any embarrassing kind
0: of situations while you're? The one that happened to me, I did have a guinea pig pee in my lap once. Oh, no. <laughs> but that's why I always bring a blanket just in case. It's usually the guinea pigs. I've never had, you know, a dog pee on me on live TV. <laughs> um, but now that I say that, it's going to happen. It'll next. happen now.
2: That's all right. <laughs> Knock on wood. Um, let's talk about who you've got available. you got a, a cute couple that's looking for a new home over at the Connecticut. This is at the Newington location, it right? It is, mm-hmm. yes.
0: Yeah. So right now we have this adorable pair of kittens. They are not siblings, but when you look at them, you'd think that they are. Um, It is Steve and Alice, and they are just the cutest duo. Steve was born without eyes, so he is blind, and he didn't really have anybody when he was born. He didn't have any siblings to kind of lean on, so he was put with Alice, who was two weeks older than him, and has been the best partner for him. She is so good at having him navigate the world. She is an excellent older companion for uh-huh. him and she's just just a baby herself, but she's been so so kind and sweet to him and I got to spend some time with them yesterday just playing around and they are just such a loving little pair and Steve is hilarious because he just loves everybody. He loves interacting with people. He loves interacting with Alice and just watching him go about the world just so happy is is so rewarding.
2: So the bottom line is they need to go as a pair?
0: Yes. Oh, absolutely. They are a bonded pair and that that means that they're going to need to stay together for life and... That means they need to be adopted together.
2: All right. Well, let's say, Catherine, that somebody out there wants to potentially adopt Steve or Alice or any of the other pets at any of the shelters. What is the process that people need to go through?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So right now, Newington is open every day from 12 to 4:30 p.m. for adoptions, and our Waterford and Westport locations are operating by appointment only, just to better serve the public and all the pets. And the process kind of looks like starting on the website. So if you're interested in adopting, we have a lot of resources to tell you what that's gonna look like for you, for whatever kind of pet you're interested in. So after you take a look at those resources, you can check out the pets that we do have available. They're all listed online with their de- um, date of birth, their age, their weight, what they're gonna kind of be like at home and um, the kind of family they're looking forward to. After you're- you've seen them online, you can um, either call to make an appointment, um, fill out an adoption application online to make an appointment, and uh, then visit them in person. So in Newington, you can just come on in to start the adoption process, but for Waterford or Westport pets, you're gonna need to fill out the adoption application online first.
2: Some, so that's a very thorough process. It is. And why do you guys do that?
0: Yeah, so every pet is unique and we wanna make sure that every pet is going to the right home for them. So if a pet needs to be in a home with kids who are a little bit older, or a little bit more gentle, we make sure that the adoption application covers those kinds of things the environment that a pet goes into is really important because the pet's going to act a little bit different than they do in the shelter. It's a very different Mm -hmm. place, Um, but our behavior team's really on top of making sure that every pet is assessed and, and, you know, evaluated for those different environments.
2: Are there ever situations where it might not be a good fit? And it's not only for the pet's sake, it's for the person's sake too, because I don't know about you, but I've had a few interesting pets that were very trying, and you think, you don't realize sometimes what goes into, you know, being a parent for a pet.
0: Yeah, 100%. So the adoption process is for both the pet and for the people. We want to make sure that you have a good connection. And sometimes it's not the right fit, but we have lots of pets that need home, Need homes. So if you're willing to adopt, we have a lot of options for you.
2: That's great. Um, let's talk a little bit about fundraising because you are, Connecticut Humane Society is a nonprofit organization. Yes. And we just explained some of not even all of what what you guys do over there and what you provide. So this is your big time of year for the push to get people to you know you're thinking about who can I donate to? What am I really passionate about? This is kind of what you're doing right now.
0: Yeah exactly this time of year is really important. It's really a time to think about gratitude and to think about those in need. And um, the pets are in need. There are a lot of local pets that need support from this community. And um, this time of year, we do have a matching gift opportunity. So your impact's going to double when you give to the Connecticut Humane Society. The pets are going to, you know, have two times the comfort and two times the joy when you give to the pets.
2: Well, we've also got some cold weather coming up too. And so... I would assume that kind of adoptions slow down during the winter months, or what are some of the challenges with that?
0: Luckily, our adoptions never really slow down. But there are challenges with having pets at home in the wintertime, and it's really important to make sure that you are ready for the winter, that your pets are going to stay healthy, going to stay nice and warm. And we have a lot of resources online, too, if anybody has any questions about keeping a pet at home in the winter. But just making sure that you are keeping aware of their needs, same as always, but especially in the winter when it's cold.
2: Right, and and what advice do you have for people? Like, let's say it's a a dog, for example, you know, with the ice and the sleet and their little paws, I mean, yeah. that can be dangerous, right?
0: It can, yeah, their paws are, are just like our fingertips. You know, you gotta keep those safe and they don't really wanna be touching cold ice all the time. Some dogs do get, you know, calloused, toe pads over the yeah, toe, over time yeah. so they're okay um but if your dog has sensitive feet if they're going to be a little bit um smaller than other dogs it's important to put paw pads on them um, just making sure that their their feet are protected just like our hands need to be exactly call from mom answer it call silenced
1: instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy
2: An important time people come around there's a lot of food there's a lot of chocolate there's a Mm -hmm. lot of people there's a lot of things so that's the other thing the socialization and figuring out you know is your dog ready for that or cat or whatever guinea pig whatever it might be
0: yeah absolutely there's a lot of things happening this season and it's a great season for people but for pets it can be a little bit overwhelming so it's important just from the get-go understanding your pets needs is your pet going to be a little bit more shy around new people should you you know bar them off in their own room so that they don't have to encounter a lot of new people or put be put in a dangerous situation you don't want anybody who's visiting you to you know not understand your pet either so yeah
2: and not be comfortable you know that that's the thing not everybody's comfortable you know with your pets around you know the other thing I want to say is you know when you have guests and when you have a pet Why is it everybody wants to, can I give a piece of turkey to the dog? (laughs) Can I give this to the dog? Can I give that to the dog? I mean, what's your advice for people when you go to somebody else's home? Please don't ask to feed the dog. (laughs) It's as simple as that, right?
0: Yeah, because everybody wants to give that treat, and uh, the dogs love it. The dogs are going to beg for it, and you know they Mm -hmm. want the treat, but, you know, dogs... Need to stay healthy. Their diet is important, and people are feeding their pets what's best for them. So, um, just be respectful when you go to a home with their with their pet. You want to make sure that they're receiving treats that are approved by the owner. If you do want to feed them something, I'm sure the owner is going to have a treat hidden around somewhere that you can feed the pet.
2: What's the craziest animal you guys have ever seen at the Connecticut Humane Society?
0: Ooh, um,
2: I think there was a pig once.
0: <laughs> you know, I that have, was
2: before after yeah before you got there. But I yeah. think there was a pig once, if I recall. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so we started back in 1881 as a human society for all sorts of critters. So that included pigs, cows, horses, all sorts of things. I'm sure we, I think we even had an iguino, iguana once, but <laughs> not in my time. I haven't seen any crazy pets, just very cute little cats and dogs and all the small animals, too. And guinea pigs. Yes. Talk to me. I'm just
2: curious. So when someone has a guinea pig, I've heard there's people that just let them roam around the house. Yeah. Can you potty train
0: a guinea pig? So guinea pigs are a little bit hard to potty train. I think it's possible, but that's more bunnies. Bunnies can actually use a litter box and they're very smart for that. Guinea pigs can roam about the house, but they're definitely gonna need somebody to supervise them because they do like to chew on things they're not supposed to. Ah. (laughs) Yeah, Um, but guinea pigs make wonderful pets. They're really easy to care for in terms of, you know, pets in general. They're not as much maintenance as a cat or a dog, and they're so sweet, so social with people, and um, when they chirp, you know they're your best friend. (laughs) (laughs) And do you have snakes? We don't. So we don't deal with reptiles or amphibians at the Connecticut Humane Society. Um,
2: So don't surrender your alligator.
0: (laughs) No, no, we can't. We can't help you with that. But (laughs) any other pet, we can. (laughs) That's
2: that's great.
0: Um, And I know that you
2: also run a lot of fundraisers and a lot of community activities. What's coming up with that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we have a lot of free pet talk webinars, which are our virtual webinars that go over all sorts of topics. Um, we just ended a series about holiday safety pet tips, but anybody who's interested in just getting some free information about their pets, things like um, socializing pets or, or safety at home, um, we have our, our virtual webinars that are really awesome. We have guest speakers that come in who are experts on the subjects to go over that with people. And you can
2: access that on the, on the website as well, after yeah. the fact, if you can't make the webinar, right? Yes,
0: you have to sign up ahead of time to get the recording, but if you're interested in anything, you can reach out to our outreach team and we can provide.
2: That's great. Yeah. And let's also talk about at the Connecticut Humane Society, how important not only your staff are, obviously, but the volunteers.
0: Yeah oh my gosh, our volunteers make it all possible. And I don't say that you know lightly. They really do make it possible. They're working everything from cuddling with the critters who just need a little bit of extra socialization to cleaning out our kennels to an assistance with our um, actual staff members. And they are so wonderful. They're wonderful people who are willing to give their time. They're so generous. And We always have open volunteer positions too, which is really awesome. It's a great way for people to get involved if they're not quite ready to have a pet. What I love to hear from um, our volunteers is that it's really their way of having a pet when they can't have that lifestyle. Well, you
2: might be in an apartment. You might be in a house where... It just doesn't make sense right. i mean you want a you know 60 pound lab in a one bedroom apartment you know That's so hard. that you can come over there maybe you want to walk with the dog yeah you know so many days a week like you said there's just so many different things you can do but you also go through a process, you don't just show up and say, I wanna be a volunteer.
0: Exactly, yes. So we have a wonderful volunteer manager who you know, takes all the volunteers in, you get all your training so it's safe and well-organized for you. You have a schedule and you have a routine with the pets. But volunteering is such a good way to get involved with those pets because like you said, there's opportunities for walking the dogs, there's opportunities for cuddling with the critters. There's also enrichment opportunities, which I think is a really unique one. That goes uh, hand in hand with our behavior team. So anytime a pet needs training, um, our volunteers work on an enrichment program that allowed the pets to have a little bit of stimulus um, in their day-to-day life and also gives the volunteers an opportunity to learn how to train a pet, which is awesome.
2: Right, And there's so many kids out there. You know, I know in high schools and colleges, you've got to do so many hours of community service. Hopefully it's not for legal reasons, mm-hmm. um, but you know, this is your thing. Where can I spend my time? Where can I give back? Yeah. Uh, you know, where can I go and do a good thing and feel good about it? Connecticut Humane Society I know we've done a lot of work with you at Baldwin Media and I think two of my employees actually ended up being volunteers for the Connecticut Humane Society because they were so taken by the organization by what you do by the pets seeing the outcomes, seeing these animals come in sad seeing them go home happy it's a lot of emotion it really is an emotional roller coaster
0: it's so rewarding too though because it it's so true what you just said they come in they're a little bit under the weather they're not feeling great they're not emotionally feeling great it's sad to see at first but the transformation that happens at the Connecticut Humane Society is absolutely astonishing you go from a dog who is a little bit shy around people to wagging his tail whenever he meets somebody new just having a blast playing getting to walk the trails that are behind our newington facility um getting to train and play on our our little agility course you know anything Mm -hmm. like that they they transform here and it's really wonderful to see
2: what is your advice for people if they are considering adopting? I mean, I, I know that you've got people over there that do that, but what are some of the things that they, they tell you to think about before you make that decision?
0: Sure thing, so a pet is a long-term commitment. Whether that's a guinea pig or it's a dog or it's a cat who's gonna live 20 years, it's gonna be a commitment and it's gonna be a change to your daily routine. So anytime you're thinking about adopting a pet, you're gonna have to think beyond just whatever season you're in. I know holidays are a big one because people think that getting a pet might be a good idea as a present but it's a longer-term commitment than just the holidays you're not gonna be home you know for those 24-7 periods like you are during the holiday season and thinking beyond just the season you're in is really you know a good way to think about it
2: yeah you know I know like I I have a Shih Tzu rescue and he's with us 24 hours a day one of us 24-7 And, you know, I got to tell you, one of the things that I didn't really think about is the travel. Yeah. So when you want to say, hey, let's go to mom's for Thanksgiving or let's go here, let's go there – You know, I know you can put your dog in certain places, but I won't do that. So then you guys say, well, what about the dog? Yeah. So I've ended up flying my dog all over the United States. (laughs) And, you know, you talk about cost. It's not cheap. Yeah. I mean, you travel with the dog, even my little shih tzu. It depends on the flight attendants, right? If they're in a good mood or not. (laughs) But he's non-allergenic. And, you know, you got to keep him in the case, zipped, under the seat.
0: Right. Yeah, there's a lot of requirements. to The travel part is something that I think a lot of people forget about. Um, beyond just the beginning phase with your pet, you're gonna have to worry about who's gonna care for the pet. Right. Yeah,
2: <laughs> And they become so close to you, it can't just be anybody. I mean, yeah. it's it's a big decision.
0: It is, they're like family members. So it's, you know, finding the right babysitter for that family yeah. member. <laughs> By the
2: way, I'm looking for one over the Christmas holidays, if you know <laughs> anybody. Oh.
0: So, but it, it is
2: also so rewarding because like I said, they're just, it's it's therapeutic. You know, I'll tell you, my, my fiance went through throat cancer and right after I had, had gotten the, the shih tzu, and boy, I mean, they're just companions. And I really believe that it's that dog, um, Teddy, who has gotten him through and got him through a really difficult time in his mm-hmm. life, you know? Yep. Yep. So they, it can be so therapeutic. It can take away, in some cases, the loneliness. It does. You know, maybe you live alone um, and you want some sort of a full time companion. That can also be the solution. But you also have to make sure, you know, you, let's just say, for example, you're elderly. How are you going to get out and walk the dog? How are you going to walk the dog in snow and ice? How are you going to, can you, do it?
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's really great because pets do keep us young. They keep us active. They do. You know, I think there are scientific studies that show that pets make our lives a little bit longer, which is really awesome. But those are great questions to ask. I mean, that's why it's also so important that when you're adopting, you're adopting the right pet for you. So Mm -hmm. maybe if you are unable to walk in snow and ice and you get a cat, yeah, get a cat. A cat is another great companion. They are. best of friends like you said they can make such an emotional difference in your life and that's why it's so rewarding to see pets transform here too is because when that happens and then an adopter walks in the transformation that happens to that adopter too is just incredible do
2: you think that we've come a long way as far as people thinking about you know i don't know back in the day it seems like you heard about more dogs just tied to a fence and abandoned you heard about you know, all these horror stories. But I really believe that with Connecticut Humane Society and the awareness that you've put out there, there's not as much of that happening. And that's a good thing, right?
0: Yeah, we like to, um, you know, say that it's changing a little bit. Obviously, things are still happening that are not so great for pets but whenever you have to surrender a pet it's never an easy decision right. it's, it's an emotional decision and pets are family so it's always hard for somebody to have to come to that decision and that's why we're working so hard to try and keep pets in homes too that's why we have the pet food pantry program that's why we offer crisis fostering for p- people who have lost their home or in, in between situations um, the pet food pantry providing food for people and our veterinary centers too to. You know, lower the cost of veterinary care. So all the let's
2: same. say you're in a temporary situation where you can't have your animal, someone will foster that for you?
0: Yeah, so our crisis foster program is available to people who say, you know, your house burned down, something right. horrible happened like that, and you're in between. You don't want to lose your pet. You yes. do not want to send under your pet. Our crisis foster program is there so that you don't have to do that, so that, you know, your pet is going to be cared for while you get back on your feet. Wow, yeah. that's
2: one program I didn't even know about.
0: Yeah, that's a really wonderful one that we've got.
2: That is great. Well, Catherine Schubert, uh, marketing and communications manager at Connecticut Humane Society. Anything else you want to tell people before we wrap it up?
0: Yeah, I just want to say thank you to this community. It's, again, only possible because of our donors and our volunteers and anybody who you know has a heart for pets, just looking out for them. Um, We love pets at the Connecticut Humane Society, and we want the best for them.
2: Absolutely. And don't forget to go to the website. So many resources. You can see the faces of the little people who might be available. That's the (laughs) other thing. You see them now. They could be gone tomorrow. So don't wait, right? (laughs) And go to cthumane.org. Well, thank you so much, Catherine. It was great having you back in the studio. And we want to thank all of you for tuning in to this edition of News You Can Use. I'm Ann Baldwin, and I'll see you back here next week.